Hello, everyone. What up? It's Dylan. It's another episode. How you guys doing, man? Good to see you guys again. Good to feel you. Good to hear you again today on Wednesday, October 3rd. We got a very special episode today. Oh, first thing you're saying, Dylan, it's late, dude. It, the episode is late today. It's 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 3 p.m., bro. I've been I've been clamoring for this. I've been sitting at my desk. I've been on my phone. I've been on the bus. I've been trying to figure out what the hell I'm gonna do with my day because the We're All Psychos podcast has not been released. Hey, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, oh, I do know what to tell you. It's my birthday yesterday, okay? And I'm not using that as an excuse to say I screwed up, but I was out, not even drinking, man. I was just I was out with friends. I was I was I was playing cards. Okay, I've been playing Rummy, five hundred a lot recently. Uh, I really like that game. Yeah, I'm seventy eight years old now, but I guess that's just what happens. Uh, and I, I passed out last night on my bed, completely sober, by the way. All the lights on. Woke up at five a.m. Been doing that a lot. Uh, but uh, I didn't finish editing the podcast until today. I've been doing it all morning. There was a lot to go through because today is a very special episode. It's with uh, the one and only Be Clear. She is 101 years old. Yeah, dude. 101 years old. It is insane. Just meeting, just when I met her, it was insane. And I got to have her on the podcast and interview her about her life, uh, her thoughts on what's going on today. Uh, what she went through in terms of uh, protesting, the different wars, her thoughts on how people have changed, what her diet was, what she thinks kept her living until 101. It was a pretty interesting interview. However, it was a lot. There was a lot of time. Uh, we spoke for, I think, three and a half hours. This episode is only two hours long, um, but so I had to edit out a lot of different pieces. Uh, just the things that... Not that you didn't need to hear them, just I wanted to make this two hours more concise of things that were uh, the most important. She loves telling stories. Uh, You guys will notice uh, as you listen that a lot of times she'll go off on either either a tangent or uh, a story that will seem unrelated or will seem like it came out of left field, but, but they all have a point. So I encourage you to... Listen through the story, even if it seems uh, a little normal or like unimportant, because at the end she'll usually usually explain why she was telling that story or what it has to do in relation to her. Uh, it was very enlightening, and the themes that I saw come out throughout the three and a half hours I talked to her uh, were ones of staying positive. Things we have heard before, but it's good to hear it from someone that obviously it worked. She's freaking 101 years old. And more importantly, before before you guys listen, look, dude, like I said, this lady is old, bro. Like old. Definition of old. She doesn't really know what podcast. She doesn't know what a podcast is. She straight up said, what is a podcast? Um, she, I, I know she knows what microphones are, but like... She, the entire time you'll hear sometimes it's rubbing against her chest, her sweater. She's holding it up and down. So her voice is going to go up and down. You can still hear it. I edited it, but still 
just be patient, okay? Just like this woman was patient to live 101 years old. Oh my God, 101 years. She lived 101 years and she's still doing well. She still climbs stairs. She climbed three sets of stairs while I was there. Down to the basement, upstairs, back down, and then up again. That's four actually, up and down twice. Insane. So you can be patient with her a little bit. Show some respect. She'll feel it. She definitely will. Show show some respect because I think you'll get a lot from this. She talks. Uh, I mean, she's she got she met Eleanor Roosevelt, which is pretty awesome. She saw the first IBM computer. Um, she's you know she saw New York when it was much different than it is today, and she was she's she's done a lot. She prote- protested for Vietnam. She low key was a communist, uh, still kind of is, but like in a chill way, not like a um, Putin way. And she's smart as hell and has always stayed curious and is really like one of a kind, for real. She eats well. She, she does it all. If you guys are want to uh, listen to some of the questions that you asked, those are in the second half, I'd say, at about um, an hour 10 in. Oh, she met Trump, dude. I'm, I'm going to post that clip uh, on its own uh, on my Instagram, but that was pretty cool. She met Trump. Um, just... So I feel like everyone has, but her story is very representative of who he is as a person. Have I talked to you guys enough? Are you are you sick of hearing me give you all this backstory before you hear it? Anything else? Oh, her pictures and her books—they're her life blood. Her lifeblood. All right. She she told people, you know, don't be a one-track person. All right, you're going to hear this again, but I'm trying to give you the little cliff notes before so you have this in your mind. Oh, because repetition is how you learn shit, you know? That's what I'm learning right now. Um, And no matter what, um, she allowed life to interfere and do its job because she accepted what was going on. Oh, and uh, listen for the one part where she talks about when JFK died. You know how everyone's always like, oh, I remember I was here. I was there. I cried for days. It's so funny, dude. She, she's like, oh, yeah, I was teaching and my friend came in and was like, hey, guess what happened? She's like, what? JFK got shot. She's like, oh, sick. And then she just goes back to teaching. Pretty gangster, to be honest. To be honest. She uh, didn't really give a shit about him. Um, but all in all, an awesome interview. Some cool stories. She's cute as hell. She's smart as hell. She's an inspiration. Uh, listen the whole way through. I don't really think you'll regret it. Uh, and if you do, I mean, don't tell me. You could. You know what? Go ahead and tell me. Tell me. No, no. Now I want you to tell me because it's going to tell me that you listened. And also, um, I'm going to come back at you, right? I'm going to clap back straight up. And if you're if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, this, is, this is who I am. Uh, but, uh, you know... You're you're loving it, low key. You're like, this guy's kind of psycho, but uh, it's in a good way, you know. That that's how it goes, man. That's what the podcast is about. And next week we're gonna have uh, comedian Jake Fromm on to talk about uh, his sexual addiction. Um, all right, guys, that's it for me. Uh, follow me on Instagram to see anything about shows and new people for the podcast. And if you want to ask questions, you can go in there. I usually post right before I start recording if anyone has any specific questions. And if you have recommendations of someone you want me to interview, just hit me up, Dylan J. Palladino on Instagram. Let me see those.
Tell me you're a psycho. All right. Now, with no further ado, be clear. You fucking crazy, man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. I play the piano badly. Play it badly? <laughs> we all go a little bad. How long have you been playing? Uh, since I'm about seven years old. Seven years old? No. What happened? You can hold it up closer to your mouth. Right there, uh, that's perfect. Right there. Yeah, hold it right there. Um, <laughs> what happened was I, I was a rather precocious child. Okay. According to my mom now you'll walk over you'll see it family photos on the wall. A lot of my photos children who are both gone both mm-hmm. died yeah and um my mom i have over here but my grandmother who was rather interesting woman mm-hmm. uh, anyway uh, the precocity is that a word Perco- I, I think it is now precocity <laughs> <laughs> um i started out with tremendous curiosity. As a young child. As a young child. And my mom tells this story, told. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get, you know, she's been gone a long time, but I still talk to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, I still talk to her. Um, and um, she tells the story that when I was five years old, uh, we were visiting friends of my mother's and who had a country home. Okay. And this was in the countryside. And uh, she couldn't get me to go to bed because I like to hang out around with the adults and just curious. And But once I had the first yawn, she you would- You were off the off the bed. Off to bed. So, but the way she did it was mm-hmm. to come out on the, she says, okay, let's go out because I just resisted giving up the audio portion of yeah, my yeah, life yeah. <laughs> of just listening to those adults. Oh, so you would sit down and just listen to them yeah. from the corner in the next room? No, uh, they were sitting around a table. Uh-huh. I was at the you table. You were at the table. Right, at, but I began to yawn, and I, uh-huh. that was my mom's clue. Uh, so she took me out on the front porch to say goodnight to the animals mm-hmm. and to the plants. Okay. This evening, she claimed, um, I looked up and I said, may I say goodnight to the stars? Interesting. So she said, of course. So Mm -hmm. I said goodnight to the stars. And she claims that I don't put my head down. Mm -hmm. But while looking up at the sky, I say, what's a star? Uh. And and my mom was only 16 years older than myself. Ah, okay. Both of my parents were 16 when I was born. And um, so my mom says, I really don't know. And she says, what's it made of? I asked three questions. My mom said she didn't know. And then I began to get mad. I said, what keeps it up there? She said, I'll buy you a book, because at age five, uh-huh. I was reading, and I was doing simple mathematics. Really? Yeah. So uh, this, is lead, this is leading somewhere. Oh, I, tr- I trust you, B. Don't even worry about it. I know it's going somewhere. Yeah. So 
um, she bought the book, and of course, uh, first she read it, and then I read it, and so on. Well, she claims she took took credit for my eventual interest in astronomy. Mm-hmm. And actually, I became an amateur astronomer. I built my own eight-inch reflector telescope, which was a ten-inch, a ten-foot tube. It's no longer here because Uh it was ungainly and it's uh, big. It was too big. And uh, on my astronomical adventures in the world, I didn't need it. But you see, uh, sitting right next to you, yeah, oh yeah, somebody a small gave one right there. It's a non-functional. Item. The sky searcher, yeah. But it's a gimmick, you know. Somebody gave it to me. Yeah. So um, we were living in my grandparents, the two nice folks up there. Mm-hmm. These were my maternal grandparents, and he was a rather affluent man and they lived in um, Brooklyn and every every time I say that people say what part and I said I don't know the name that is applied to it but I was born in their home on Kosciuszko Street. Oh Kosciuszko, okay. So so they said it's Greenpoint. I guess it's Greenpoint. I don't know. Yeah it's all semantics right? Yes. You you were in Brooklyn when it was like original, the original Brooklyn. Oh yes. He moved from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, into Kosciuszko uh, Street, yeah. um, and established his business there. He was in um, eventually trucking company, which okay. his son, my uncle, yeah. had also, and his son is associated as well with the trucking company. With trucking, yes. So, um, where did he come from? Where was your grandfather uh, from? There, um, Austria, Germany, somewhere okay. in there. Um, but you know, they've uh, they were there. My parents were my father was another story, yeah. But um, my parents maternally uh, were there, uh, were American born, okay. But your grandparents were, but they, hey, came, they came in about the 1880s, 1880s, yeah. Wow. Uh, maybe the end of the eight, 1880s, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they were quite American, so-called. Yeah. You, know. you got to be careful nowadays to say <laughs> that. Let me tell you why people still want to come here. Got to be cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this, things happening right now are a little Yeah, you uh, see around behind charts. you what it says. Resist? Yes. Oh, she's got, she's got a resist sticker right here. Call to resist illegitimate authority. Be clear. <laughs> I was at an activist years old. during my younger years yeah. uh, because my husband was, um, mm-hmm. and he was associated with the trade union movement. Okay, which in those days, in the forties, thirties, yeah. and forties, were in, in the vanguard, so to speak, of uh, anti-establishment. It was uh, kind of the beginning of the unions, uh, right? Movements, and that's where we were. Yeah. Um, but today I don't say it much, uh, yeah. you know. Um, it's different. I mean, people resist. get very nervous. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> resist anyway. back then was yeah, even it was then. even more resist than it kind of is now. Because yeah. back then it it's, was like you know, it's a peculiar cyclical thing. Yeah. You know, I'm almost thinking in terms of you know cycles in the economy, cycles in political changes. Yeah. Uh, because I. Re- 
remember most of the period that I would, did anything. Mm-hmm. And I never was a, a placard carrier. Yeah, yeah. I was usually an organizer, you know. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the precursor to my administrative experiences and work, which yes. I eventually uh, did. Uh, and I'll get to the work in a minute. And um, so it, it colored my attitude for the rest of my life, you know. Yeah. Today, I'm physically unable to do anything physically. Yeah. But, you know, I give money. Mm-hmm. And I'm supportive of decent people and hateful of bad ones. Yes, yes, <laughs> as most people are and should be, right? Yes, right, that's yeah. right. Uh, and uh, I'm not a quiet person. And you can hear that I'm rather verbal. Yeah, it's great. 101 <laughs> years old, you, you got some resonance. Yes. You got a good speaking voice. Yes. Well, because I've done so much of yeah. public speaking. Um, okay. So anyway, so my let me just finish one little Go for s- early story, and then I'll move About the cosmology a and faster into my life. Um, so at age five, we were living in Rockaway. Okay. Because Rockaway in those days was an empty place. Mm-hmm. So my mom takes me to the local school, PS42, and wants to register me in kindergarten. Yeah. And bingo, the um, person says to us, there is no kindergarten because we don't have enough children. So my mom's, so they said, uh, can she read, you know, as if I'm not there, but yeah, they don't have the yeah, adults are. They're not talking to you like the precocious yeah. <laughs> young girl that you are. <laughs> so, of course, my mom says, me and my big mouth, of course I can read. <laughs> you know, like, just like that. Yeah. And my mom was the world's, should have been an actress, mm-hmm. because this is a side thing, make sure I come back to the story. Don't worry, I got it. My mom would you know go visit her aunts that's my grandparents sisters and brothers uh her uh, and when we'd come home this was after my father left Uh um when we'd come home she'd go into the bedroom put on a crazy hat and different uh you know put red marks on her cheeks and come out and imitate every single person whom we had been visiting. Wow. She was wonderful. She did a little like vaudeville show. She was doing a bunch of different characters and stuff. Yeah, she yes. did the hair and uh-huh. uh, excess makeup and the accents if there were any. Wow. And uh, I always used to say back then that this woman missed her calling by having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, back to PS so they put so they yeah. so the uh, principal comes into the room and says, uh-huh. "What's going on?" La la la, you know, yeah, yeah. very autocratic. And so my mom tells her, and she said, "Yes, if she can read and she can write and she can do sums, that was the expression sums. for mathematics. Yeah. Um, we'll put her in first grade." Now that happened. I was put in first grade, and I did rather well, from what my mom used to tell me. Um, so that was the beginning of the push. Uh-huh. Um, not only that, but I skipped a grade. Got it. And uh, then I went to 
Rapid Advance, you know about uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. R-A-R-B, yeah. whatever that was. So that when I show, where's that picture? Oh, it's inside. Oh, the, oh, when I show the picture mm -hmm. of my graduating from uh, college, yeah, I was 19. Wow, wow, from college. In, what, what so was it, like 1925 that, or something? That, or, that or was 1935, considered, yeah. you know, my mom was very proud of that, but yeah. I didn't permit it to happen to my own children. Really? I think it's a mistake because the rate of maturation uh -huh. of children doesn't quite keep a pace with their intellectual maturity. You Definitely. Know? Uh, anyway, I was not a social being. I was uh, interested in school. Uh -huh. You know, I didn't socialize. I didn't have many friends. I befriended the teachers. Really? Yeah. So that I was growing up unevenly in yeah. the sense that some social values related to my peers were not as good as my relationship to adults. Okay. Okay, so I was pushed through school. I did well. I was not a super student, but I was mm -hmm. a hard-working student. Oh, you must have been good enough to graduate at 19. Yeah. The youngest in my class. Yeah. And you'll see the picture on uh -huh. the sideboard there of my graduation picture in the yearbook of the, uh, you know, graduation. And... You know, it's a it's a picture just says my name mm -hmm. and graduated from Hunter College. Hunter, yeah. You know, in nineteen thirty seven. Wow. With a degree in geology. That okay. was my thing. What made you want to study geology specifically? A teacher. Really? In in high school I went to Erasmus Hall when it was decent. I, so I took Geology, because in high school, mm -hmm. in my j beginning of the junior year or end of the, I forget which one, I had a teacher who talked about structure of the earth. Interesting. And I was just bedazzled. Blown away, yeah. Um, and so th that was my end. I wasn't interested in the nomenclature of the rocks and stuff. That didn't, yeah, yeah. But I was interested in the dynamics ah. of the earth. The motions, uh, I mean, the things that fascinated me were equa uh, equators, yeah. <laughs> earthquakes. Yeah, um, seismic activity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I see at that point, Tectonic plates were not known. Discovered? Oh. But, the, you know, because that, I bought a book, I had to teach it to myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, that, but the, dyna, the dynamism of the earth, yeah. in terms of volcanoes, mm -hmm. earthquakes, waterfall, you know, anything that was... Part um, of the geology, part of the, how the earth was working. Had to have dynamics. That yeah. was my mountain building, you know, and lava flows and things of that nature. What did they think was, at that point in the literature, what did they, they think was causing? They didn't. Really? You no. Know, the, the, the structure beneath the continent uh -huh. never thought of it. They were just floating, you know, just they were floating, just uh, yeah. there. 
You know? okay. I don't even think the concept of the floating idea was because that came with the tectonic plate. Did they know? Did they uh, theorize about Pangaea yet, or no? Pangaea, yes. 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 Yeah. That okay. was, uh, you know, that knowledgeable. I can't separate, you know, what okay. I didn't know and what I did know. It was that. a while ago. <laughs> yes, like, sort of. Uh, but, you know, it's amazing that I remember so much. Yeah, it is. You know, um, I have trouble with numbers, Okay. Uh, current numbers. Yeah. Even telephones, only one or two I can, re- you know, remember. memorize. But yeah. normally I still use my little book. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess... Uh, certain numbers but numbers relating to the geological aspects of the earth that i remember ah really say yeah because i studied the brain a little bit my on mm-hmm. my own to the things that are imprinted and remain are those that you repeat Yes. Over and over again, you know. So, you know, dimensions sometimes I remember of the earth and depth and so on. But can I in, in, indicate a funny incident related to geology? 100%. Okay. Um, this is now, I'm jumping many, many years, and mm-hmm. my husband's gone. Okay. And... The first thing on my mind after, you know, getting over the sorrow, um, he was a very interesting man. I want to don't want to get into him. He's his picture is behind you, in the right no, here? that's my daughter's. Ah, uh, this that, one. Yeah, a dashing young gentleman that is. Yeah, wow. isn't he though? Yeah. Wow. And is is that a was he in the army? Is that an army? He was in the army. Ah. A non-combatant. Non-combatant. Oh, that's. We'll get there. That's a story by itself. Uh, anyway, I lost my train. Of it was uh, numbers for a geology story. Yeah. There okay. we go. Larry. This is the Larry story. Larry. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's related. I believe it. Um, I went through a lot of guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. To put it mildly. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> um, You've lived a full life. And known a lot of known a lot of people. Yes, uh, what happened was that I I had a research grant mm-hmm. with NASA doing climatology. Okay. At the building was at Columbia. Okay. Uh, so I was registered to to work there, and then uh, the people who were monitoring it were from the Academy of Sciences. The woman who was the director of education, got a hold of me, and she said, uh, when we finish here, this was a summer, you know, yeah. six to seven or eight, I don't remember exactly, and uh, up at Columbia. And, um, you know, it was part of my prep for my doctorate. Ah. So anyway, which I never finished. You never got it? No. Um, life interfered, so I let life do the you job. let life do the job. <laughs> Um, and um, so I, w- at the end of that uh, program, mm-hmm. um, this woman, Bonnie, I can't remember her last name, Bonnie, uh, she invited me up to her office at the Academy of Sciences, and I was so impressed. And I, at that time, I was teaching 
public system. And she said, why don't you come and work for me? She says, I noticed the way you work and blah, 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 and I think that you fit very well with what we yeah. do here. So I said, what do you do here? You know, because I didn't see any kids around. She said, we organize programs for gifted teachers and children. Mm -hmm. Oh, I said, that sounds interesting. Yeah. You know, what a different way for me to use what I know. Yeah. Uh, so that was my introduction and where I remained for the next 20 years was with the Academy of Sciences as the director. At Columbia, or where was this at? Well, and that was, the Columbia thing uh -huh. was just... The, oh, where you were getting your doctorate, where you met this, where you met yes. this woman. Yes, right. Uh, and you were the director of uh, the Academy of Sciences. And she was at the Academy of Sciences and the director of education. This was just the beginnings of computers. Okay. And she was tapped, smart woman, but mm -hmm. not a good administrator. Got it. Um, as I soon found out. <laughs> um, once I went into her job, oh, what a mess I had to straighten down. <laughs> she was smart, yeah. innovative, creative, but lousy. But organized. Yeah, detailed woman, forget. I mean, there was unpaid there were unpaid bills yeah. that when I got there, the accountant said, what's happening with you? Why don't you pay your vendors? Yeah. So I says, I never ordered anything yet. I just yet. got here, yeah. She says, but Bonnie did, uh-oh. Oh, so no. I had to go through the fight. Yeah, it yeah. was a mess. And it... it Broke our friendship. I tried to keep it alive, but yeah. she was too sloppy for me. I yeah. mean, I'm, a, as you can see, a neat Very treat. organized, neat yeah. person. It looks great. Yeah, everything in here is uh, better yeah. than I could ever hope my apartment to look like. <laughs> well, I don't expect everybody to be as cranky as me, you know, when it comes to, well, I have a housekeeper. Who, yeah, you know. it helps. But, you know, to me, my pictures and my books mm. is my lifeblood. Yeah. You know, I, and this is where every room in the house has the shelves for books. That's my son up there, smiling with the bow tie. Ah, that's your son. Uh, Peter uh, was born with a dysfunction of his autonomic nervous system. Okay. A rather rare th thing. And um, we didn't know... Uh, you know, what to do. Uh, but um, he didn't breathe at birth, and uh, he was put into a, uh, a whatever they call it. Incubator or something? Incubator, yeah. thank you. And uh, he developed to become a smart mathematician. Really? Yeah. He um, was given... The doctors who knew about this condition, neurologists, uh, said he won't live beyond the age of five. Mm. And so um, my husband, we already had, my daughter is the older one. Yeah. So we decided to have another child. Yeah. And I thought I was pregnant. And I go and bingo, bingo. I had to have a hysterectomy. Really? Yeah, I had a tumor inside of me, huge. Wow. 
so my husband said, well, if he passes on, we'll just adopt uh, yeah, another child. But we kept him alive until 30. Wow. Yeah. Six times what yes. they thought. And Peter was an absolute joy. He loved life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, I mean, he didn't know that his life was limited, but yeah. he knew that he was sick. Okay. I sent him once when he was preteen or teen, I can't remember, yeah. to a camp okay. for handicapped kids. Yeah. He calls me up and says, get me the hell out of here. I said, why? Oh, you sent me to the wrong place. I said, what do you mean? I'm not handicapped, I'm sick, Mom. Don't you know the difference? <laughs> and he was right. Do you notice there's no television on this floor? Yeah, I don't see one. No. no. I, my, my husband and I both agreed that television was a recreational thing, mm-hmm. and we don't want to discuss it. Uh, we don't want it visible while we're having conversations. Yeah. So it's downstairs. I'll take you downstairs because that's a nice spot. Yeah. You know, it's like a a den. People, I hate the term, but, you know, it's just where I hang out. Uh And so uh, Peter influenced our lives tremendously. My husband was the one who said, look, Mm -hmm. we don't want to impose our feelings and our needs in terms of keeping our child alive. And secondly, the relative, I'm talking now about family. Yeah. Relatives were particularly disinterested. Uh, so much so. That's a shame. So much, and it's my, my family, Your not family. my husband. Um, they never called to find out if he was in the hospital or out of the hospital or what's his... Nothing. 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 My own brother yeah. never did that. And now the only surviving besides myself and family are my brother's two children. I pay as much attention to them as they pay to me, they and do. that's zero. Okay. Well, if so, you know, if someone's not giving you... If they if they weren't uh, loving enough to check in when Peter was alive, then you know if, if they're not showing you, it's like okay, well I'm not going to put it. it's a two way street, you know. And, right. And I'm 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 guessing the the older and more mature you got, you've realized with relationships with people, you got it has to be a, has to be dynamic. It can't be one way. Right. Right. But life plays tricks. It does. Yes. Um, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Companies went belly up. Yep. My brother was an affluent uh, uh, CEO of his okay. own company, and we did not see eye to eye very much on very many things. He um, brought me actually to Forest Hills. I'm in this house 62 years. Wow. And uh, I ain't going anywhere except <laughs> in a body bag. So, um, because people want to buy it, because yeah. it's in good, with the only brick house on the street. Yeah, it's a nice and house. And we have some perks here that mm-hmm. other places don't. don't. So but life plays tricks. You're, you said your brother, he went belly up in 2008. Uh, yeah. So, I get a telephone call. Mm-hmm. My brother called me? Yeah. Yeah. 
could you send me $10,000 and I don't plan to repay it? His hey, exact nice to hear words. from you. Yeah. He did the same thing to my mom, so I wasn't surprised. Mm. So I sent it to him. Really? And um, I forgot about it. A month later, he said, um, I'm not going to ask you for a lot of money, but I could use some money. My refrigerator is empty. Okay. I was shocked. You know, mm-hmm. what he had done had emptied his personal assets okay. into the company, um, and uh, he was finished with any resources. And uh, to keep the company going, he needed more money. And I refused at this point. I wasn't in the position to do, uh, you know, this every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I did say, if you need food, I will send you money. You know, I'll send you a check. So thence began for the two years that he lived beyond that date. Mm -hmm. I supported him. Wow. How'd you meet uh, your husband? (laughs) Oh, that's a cute story. All right. I was living in Brooklyn, and my husband was as well. And I was newly out of college. Okay. Yeah. This is, um, I met him in 39. Right, when the war started. So... uh, I say to my mom, um, I'd like to join the YMCA or YWCA, whatever it was. Yeah. So she says, so, you know, get the booklet or whatever they put out, a flyer, and go. So I go. And, you know, I'm a little awkward having gone into a, something that is new to me, you know, to, to see children, people my age. Yeah. And... That's how you met people, was going to the YMCA or YWCA. Yeah. It was like a club back then. Yeah, that's how you (laughs) met new people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the audience, and I'm not shy even back then. Uh Uh, It's not one of my attributes. Um, Because some friends today say, B, why do you talk to strangers? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm careful, but why not? Yeah. (laughs) I agree. <laughs> I said, you find out there's a lot of interesting people and interesting thoughts that they have. Definitely. And how do you learn? You know? Unless you talk to someone. So, And I walk through the street, even walking down the street to take the bus. Um, I don't, I'm not sad. I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. So people smile back. Ah. So isn't that fun? That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's a little hack for life. <laughs> anyway, I'm a people person. Oh, yeah. So I go, and the guy says something. The speaker on the platform is saying something, and I raise my hand. Yeah. So they said, you know, during the, question, the Q&A. So I asked a question, and everybody turns around and looks. You know, they recognize a strange face. So... The guy who was chairing the meeting said, 
would you wait a few minutes after the meeting so we can talk to you? Okay. I said, sure. I was delighted. Yeah. They said, you must join our group because if you're a guest, you know, the first time visit and you raise your hand, you know, you've got to have something else in the head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next time they said, would you like to be the secretary? Wow, already. So... I said, what do I have to do? I knew what to do because mm -hmm. I had organized something called the G8, which okay. was when I was in college, I organized a group of us, Geology 8, and we used to meet and talk. You know, ah, test, yeah. yeah. So anyway, club. so I knew what I had to do. So I sat on the platform at the next meeting, you know, taking notes. After a few, I think we met once a month, Mm -hmm. After a few months, I c kept seeing two guys sit at the back of the auditorium. No, don't ask any question. Just sit. One was a blondish, and one was dark haired. And after several months, the guy with the dark hair came up to me at the end of the meeting and said, uh, would you like to uh, come to a small party at my house next Friday? Mm -hmm. So this became a gag. I said, I have to ask my mother, <laughs> <laughs> which was true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were what, like 20 years old? <laughs> yeah, still. Living with mom, you got to ask her. I had to ask my mom. I mean, every time I say it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> okay. So I asked my mother. Mm -hmm. She said, who is it? I said, he's just a member, I said. Yeah, yeah. So where is the house? I told her. She said, okay, you can go. Mm -hmm. So I, I had assumed that this guy with the dark hair yeah. was my date, you know, was the guy yeah. who invited me. He opens the door, yeah. and he says, this is my girlfriend. Oh, to girl. he said, uh -oh. oh, I was disappointed. <laughs> so he says, Come, I want to introduce you to somebody. Ah. And there was my husband. Is he the blonde haired guy? What? He was the one with blonde hair? Is that who it the was? Blonde, yes. Ah, you know, the blonde, yes. The blonde German. Yeah, right. the blonde German. <laughs> so, um, and it was the way I describe it in that book, the, I think the exact words I used in the book as a replica of what I said, uh -huh. was um, there was a reaction on unseen wires between the two of us. It was the media. Media chemistry. Yeah. Uh, well, he'd been watching me for a few months. Yeah. You know, and he said, uh, later on, he used to say, it was your legs that got me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he walked me home, and then he asked to see me the following week. And, mm -hmm. Before you knew it, we were Together. a couple. Yeah. yeah, and I was totally intrigued. Uh, he was my exact age. In fact, I'm three months older. Okay. You know, but he was um, so knowledgeable. You know, and I did never knew anybody. I knew nobody. You know, yeah, like yeah. that, who knew everything about. 
you know, trade union. He was a trade union guy. You had okay. the unions about, uh, you know, the left-wing movement. So he was involved with that uh, around 1939? Right. Was when, that's when you met him around the yeah. 39? 39. And so was that and how you got involved in the trade union stuff as well? That's how I got involved with things. Yeah. You know, the last thing we did together was... The protest against the Vietnam War. You guys protested, protested yeah. it together. We went, we went to Washington and mm -hmm. joined a, a bunch of people. Protest there, but um, I did some outdoor things. But my mom got hooked. What she did, she became. There's a picture there of a whole bunch of women dressed see, in uniforms. Yeah. yeah. She belonged to an organization called the American Women's Voluntary Services. Ah. And what they did was to raise money by selling war bonds. Okay. And my mom, that's how I discovered that she was involved as well. I was walking in the neighborhood in Brooklyn, and there she was on a street corner, Selling, selling war bonds, bonds. and Which, she was one i told you she had this knack of acting yeah. and she became i think i got the sense of public speaking from her uh -huh. i she didn't see me and i just stood at the back of the crowd and she what? had a crowd ah. and she was great and she did it was, she raised a lot of money. Was the was the the uh, women the voluntary service women was that who that picture of the girl with the um, with the muscles? No, that, no the her? girl with the muscle is a better uh -huh. a story. That represents the working woman. Okay. Yeah, that was to show, you know, that women were in the workforce because the guys were... Out, yeah, out, out fighting the war. Fighting the war, except my husband. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole separate story. But your mother was it was kind of at the forefront of feminism a little bit, yes. right? Yes. She was, she was pushing she was the cause. She was fine. She, and it, it fitted her personality, you know, yeah. that nobody, uh, you know, at that point she never had worked. Ah, she'd, she'd never worked a job. You were born in 1917. 17. Um, and so growing up, do you remember the change? Because that was around the time that the, like, the Model T Ford was coming out. Do you, like, what, or that was it a little I bit don't after? Remember. The, only, the first car I remember is my uh, grandfather's Cadillac. Cadillac. Okay. With the running boards. Really? And in the back seat, there was a, a rope. Uh -huh. And on it was hung a lovely blanket because we didn't have air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> or heating. Yeah. Or heaters. Wow. So we had these rugs. Mm -hmm. They were fur, you know, like phony fur. Yeah, yeah, faux. Think, yeah. And you had to cover your legs with them, yeah. Uh, when it was cold yeah. and you were driving. And a big running board. And on the running board was a case with tools mm -hmm. to fix the, <laughs> to the fix engine the if engine. anything went wrong. So, But you remember going around New York City and there being horses and carriages everywhere um i don't remember except no no i don't remember the the okay. horses because by the time i became aware yeah. i think they were gone they were they were fully gone yeah and then and so you were born in 1917 which was the end of world war one that's right yeah do you remember anyone in your family talking about the war no no the, yeah but then when you met your husband in 39 that's when the yeah, Second World War started. Yeah, I left out a little piece. Uh -huh. Okay. So 
um, my husband, he insisted that I go back to school and take a master's in something that was sellable. Uh, he says, geology, geology, that's yeah. not sellable. So I took a master's in climatology, meteorology, got a job immediately with okay. the United States Air Force in South Jersey in the developmental area, not, uh -huh. you know, public... Um, Forecasting. I forecasted just for the research to develop. Research. Okay. What year was this? Now this was uh, forty-three, somewhere in there. Okay, so so you got your master's and you started working for the Air Force during World War II. Yeah, almost at the height of it. That's correct. Yeah. Do you remember what the uh, the energy and the, the climate was in in just during World War. Uh, oh golly, that's yeah. when my when we all got so busy. Yeah. When once rose uh, FDR came into power. Came yeah. into power. We knew that this guy was malleable. Okay. You know, uh -huh. uh, and everything that went for good stuff: mm -hmm. social security, unemployment insurance, yeah. health, and so on. Those all came about because of our fighting for who uh, whose cause who was who was and it was fdr who listened to so us. you're saying that you and were you in a group who was uh, advocating we were, for it and there was a council of organizations uh -huh. and essentially we worked as a mass group like conglomerate yeah yeah uh, collaboration, collaboration. With, with the unions at the head of it because you know your husband was, was at the unions uh, yes uh, John L. Lewis, he was our leader, ah. uh, and um, the guy out in the Midwest, I can't think of his name, uh, La Follette had a paper out there, and um, the Communist Party was a spearhead for a lot of it, and subject to not as much uh, vilification as it was later on. Yeah, like in the yeah. fifth, like that during time, they, they were. Uh, you know, very, very collaborative and really the strong, very strong leadership. Uh, but um, it soured um, a lot with McCarthy, of yeah. course. Yeah, which was, um, I think, with the, the late You know, with 50s. the red under every bed nonsense. The red scare. Know. The red scare. And so it hasn't dissipated. No. Ah. Oh, yeah, there's still, a, like, the, the, the feelings in America towards communism and yeah, Russia of course they don't understand it I'm yeah. sure 98 percent of the people who are against yeah. it never read Karl Marx ah yeah but you did did you <laughs> oh, read, of course yeah. I did did were you part of the Communist Party I don't know okay you it, weren't a card-carrying communist no though. no okay no um but you were with I them. was more useful outside of it ah you know Reaching out to people rather mm -hmm. than being the internal. No, yeah. I never, I never did that. But you were pushing and petitioning uh, FDR to get Social yes, Security the, and the all that. The objective of my life at that time uh -huh. was to make things easier for the folks at home. Ah, you know, to get all of these, you know, attributes. That, you know, when you think of it. Prior to this, there was no Social Security, uh -huh. no health insurance, you know, none of these things that we got. Yeah. And when people say, you know, the government did it, the government did it because we made them do you it. You were petitioning them yeah, to do it. Yeah, we pushed a lot. You said and FDR. So in those days, he was, 
that's the word, malleable, he was interested enough yeah. to bypass his wealth and do something for the people. Okay. Uh, it has never repeated itself. Yeah. I, mean, I never was... considered Kennedy in that category. Yeah, he was a different... No, he was too rich. Yeah. But you see, FDR was rich, but he had an infirmity. Yeah, so you he know, felt... He had, you know... Polio or whatever, the yeah. stories about him fighting not to let the people see him infirm. Oh, yeah. He practiced walking from there to here uh -huh. to get to the podium without help. Yeah, so no one saw. Yes. Did you ever get to meet FDR? What? Did you no. ever meet? No. But I did meet Mrs. FDR. Ah, Eleanor. But, yes, yeah. that was my introduction. That's such a cute story. I, that was my introduction to large public speaking. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, we went down to um, Washington uh, because uh, Mrs. Roosevelt was a sponsor of a World Youth Conference. Okay. And there were representatives from all over the world. And my husband thought it would be a good thing for us to go down and either listen or talk. Of course, they gave opportunity to certain segments, you know, for all segments to talk. So we had two rooms, I remember, and we had eloped. So we were officially married, but nobody knew except friends, not with the uh -huh. family. Yeah. And um, what year was this? This is my actual marriage, forty-one. Okay. Forty-one. Yeah, April twelfth, and. Uh, anyway, I don't know if it was before or after this yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, um, because uh, an event took place. So, which story am I on? Eleanor. Going oh, yeah, Eleanor. Yeah. So, we're in this um, a room, and there's only one other woman, mm -hmm. and the most of them are men. Okay. So, it's um, afternoon... Uh, before the day yeah. where the event was supposed to take place, and they decide that I was to be the speaker for New York. Wow. So I look at them. I said, I, you know, you must be nuts. I've never spoken in a group. He says, it doesn't make any difference. Don't worry about it. We'll <laughs> fix it. I said, can I read? No, you're not allowed to take any notes. So I said, what? You know, I was petrified. Yeah. I don't think I slept that night, you know? So the day comes around, and I'm marched onto the platform, and there sits Eleanor yeah. and the other speakers. And what they did was they were all, I mean, on her right hand, and they were seated here this way. When you spoke, you went and you could stay on the on the platform if you wanted to, but you had to go to the other side of her. Ah, okay. Okay, so that they knew when they were finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, my nails have always been long. I had cuts in, your hand? in my palm. From being so... so tense. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? There are thousands of people. This is the huge editor. It's the first lady, yeah. And Eleanor. Well, I'm now moved up, sitting right next to her. Uh -huh. And she sees what I'm doing. She says, they're going to bleed. 
don't do it anymore. She says that. Yeah. Uh. But you know, with her squeaky voice, yeah, she yeah. voices up here. And then I go up here, but I never bite nails. But uh-huh. like, you know, I you just have them by your mouth. So then she squeaks out. Don't be nervous. I said, I'm terribly nervous. Uh-huh. She says, just make believe you're talking to Uncle John in your living room. So I, well, how do I do that? Pick out some guy and talk to him because the lights are going to be on you. You're not going to see them anyway. Yeah, so yeah. just talk to John. Mm-hmm. She says, the lights will be in your eyes. You won't be able to see him. So just think about John is sitting in the living room and you're discussing whatever you're going to talk about. Kind of like the fireside chats that uh, FDR did. I tell you, with her squeaky voice, she reached me. Uh-huh. And I did exactly what she said. And that was my first experience and the best advice I ever had For about public, public speaking. speaking. So that's what you would tell people nowadays is if yes. you're going to speak in public, just imagine yes. speaking to one person. One person. And from then on, you know, for organizations and later on, uh-huh. it was a breeze. Yeah. I mean, because you had Because met. I, I had the clue, uh-huh. you know, that the lights will be on in you. You couldn't see anything anyway, so just pick out somebody to talk to, you know, so so I did. So she was sweet and yeah. wonderful, and when I came back and sat down on the other side, yeah. she grabbed my hands. Like wow, that. she said, good job. She did, was quite a lady. Yeah. She was really a sub-president. Uh-huh. He listened to her a lot. Mm-hmm. She gave him advice. She picked on things that he should deal with. Okay. Uh, not that he wasn't smart enough, but... You need someone, she, yeah. She, he respected her. You need yeah. an, an ear you and, can... And, um, you know, that was... For me, <laughs> I don't have a picture of it, but, boy, that is imprinted in my head, you know, Forever. sitting and talking yeah. to her. You know, Sounds amazing. Not too many people had that. You know. Did you do a lot of uh, big public speaking after that for yeah, different Yeah, well, causes? the work that I did, uh-huh. okay. When I went to the academy, mm-hmm. I began to develop projects. Okay. And one of them had its beginning with Bonnie, and then she leaves mm-hmm. to start a company with a new, I think it was called Logo at that time, okay. was the new language, the computer language for business. Okay. And she modified it for education, but she was in another world. Yeah. And I was promoted to her position, and first assistant, there was, no, there was a man there, he didn't know it was one end from the other, and uh, then I was put there. And then what I did, I developed, I have some of the magazine. I developed something that I was very proud of, and that was called the SRTP, Science Research Training Program. Okay. I went to the National Science Foundation and got money, went to the Board of Ed and got money. Mm-hmm. So I had money, not for anything, but a stipend for the students. Yeah. I then sent a letter to all the districts in New York City and told them to spread the word to everybody in their district, only high school juniors Ah. 
who are interested in science, science. and willing to give up their summer. That's ah. how it began. Mm-hmm. And um, tens of applications came across my desk, and I tagged one woman. I'm still friendly with her, and I got her daughter's pictures on my bulletin board. Mm-hmm. I made her my assistant. Okay. And between the two of us, we worked heavily, of course. So upstairs where my office was on the second floor was a huge room called, I forgot now what the name of it was. Anyway, it had a table that I don't know whoever designed this thing, but it was so huge that you could seat 50 people around it. It took up the whole room, council room, we called it. And we had, we stayed, I remember, to seven or eight o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. and we had the place cluttered with applications. So I now had a list of kids and their subjects. My next chore was to find laboratories to put them in. Mm-hmm. Since the Academy of Science is a membership organization of scientists, I'm a member yet, yeah. and I had a roster of every potential subject. Uh. So the kid said he wanted to do something um, related to sewage. Okay. I called the sewage plant. Mm-hmm. Would you take a kid? Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then I'd go, well, so I had to do that. I had to go to the climate people. I had to go to the engineers. I had to go to the biologists, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of work. So my assistant, you know, she helped. We divided up the responsibility. Then I had to go to the lab, take a look at it. Mm -hmm. Would it accommodate a child? Would he give the the student a piece of the action yeah. it had to be the topic under you know uh um under investigation in the lab but yeah. he could have taken a piece of it which might help yeah. the guy that was the main thing so that was a chore and that's when i would bring my car in park in some way away from the academy and uh then go out into the field okay. and deal with the, these doctors, which had a funny effect on me later in life. Okay. Now, the next piece of it was to teach them lab skills. Yeah. Some of them knew them already because some schools had good laboratories, and those that didn't, uh, I had to take them to a lab and show them what is necessary. The next thing I did was to show them how to write a paper. Um, You don't talk endlessly about stupidities. You get to the point pretty fast. Uh I have samples. And thirdly, I wanted a brief one page to go into a journal. I says, you're going to be published before you get to college. Yeah. And I put out a journal. Mm Mm-hmm. I keep pointing upstairs because I have a couple of upstairs. them now. Uh, put out a journal listing all the children, all the students' names mm-hmm. with the doctors that, uh, labs that they were in and their picture, small picture, and a brief description on one page. That was the big uh, trick. Uh-huh. Um, 
and um, publish it. Great. And I tell you, that created a bit of a sensation. As a result, uh-huh. shows you what you can do, really, if you put your mind to, mind it. to it. I get a telephone call from Albany. Okay. He says, are you Miss Clear? I said, yes. And to whom am I speaking? I'm, I'm Senator Blankety Blank. I forgot his name. I represent this area, a certain area. He says, hey. <laughs> he was so funny. I just got this thing that you put out. I said, which thing is this? He said, it's the booklet with all the kids' research. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, that's the journal. Yeah. I said, why? Why are you calling? Why can't I have it? I said, you can. Why don't you invite me up to your town? No, he says, come to Albany. Okay. So I took Lois, my assistant, and we went up to Albany, met this guy, Utica. That was his city. Okay. And he said, uh, would you talk? I said, I know how. He says, uh, I'm going to have a committee meeting of the education committee. Would you talk to them about what I asked you? Sure. We did, and they applauded, and they were happy. And then I go over to this guy, and I put my hand out like this. Ah. He says, what's that? I said, cross my palm with gold. Uh. He said, why? I says, I pay the kids. I don't pay the scientists. Oh, okay, I got money. Uh-huh. Okay. So I came up to Utica, mm-hmm. and the I told him what it was predicated on, my finding laboratories or someplace. Yeah. So it was hospitals. You know, I had hospitals. Uh, there was a junior college. I found some labs there that they would take, and a couple of industries. So I, you know, I was in business. So that meant I had to go up there, and I had to find a liaison. So there was a... A uh, small college, a two. Uh, what do they call the two-year college? Associate's degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these associate degree places, and I went there and got a name of a guy, uh-huh. and I said, "You are my liaison. I'll give you a couple of bucks extra." Ah, okay. so you so you were expanding this SR. What is it? Science. SRTP. SRTP. So program. I expanded it there. I got a telephone call from Corning. I did okay. the same thing there, and I went to Cooperstown. I did the three cities, uh-huh. upstate New York. Did the exact same thing, but I now was spread out yeah so people got to know me uh-huh. and people got to know the program and this was um in the 50s okay right 50s this, and 60s this was after now, you had worked for the air force what this was after, oh no after, no yeah. this is after do you remember where you were uh on victory in europe or victory in japan day um not really i but i know where i was when who died when FDR died, or no, the next one, um, the assassinated one. Oh, JFK. Yeah, uh, when he died, I was in the classroom, and my friend, whom I'm still friendly with, Eleanor, uh-huh. we've been friends for fifty years. Um, she comes. She had left teaching and was in computers, mm-hmm. and she comes running in, and she says, "Guess what happened?" I was in the middle of a class. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, let's go back and finish. Um, oh, I forgot where I was. SRTP. SRTP, yeah. So 
that was really very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm approaching, you know, my 80th birthday, and I'm still okay. working. Still working at the Academy of Sciences. Yeah. And um, I cut back to three days. I'm now called a senior associate or something, some fancy mm-hmm. name. And... Um, so you the, were at the Academy of Sciences for like... 20 years. 20, over 20 Over years. 20 years. Yeah. I was down to three days a week, and mm-hmm. I was disgusted with the person that they chose. Okay. They chose a person who was a friend of the CEO, and he was on the way out, too. And this woman was neither an educator okay. nor a science person. The most illogical human being, except it was his friend. Mm-hmm. So guess what happened? What? The whole thing died. Died. And then the CEO changed, and they moved from the gorgeous home on 63rd and 5th to World Trade Center, because they must have made a bundle on that sale, and got rid of every program that I had. Uh Because not only did I run the research program, but I had something called scientists in schools. I would take these guys and send them to speak in the classroom. Uh, Not the kids, but the scientists. scientists. And then I had a a teacher program where I trained teachers to teach them how to form science fairs. I ran science fairs for New York City in addition Uh, to everything else. But I had specialists for Mm -hmm. that. Were you involved with uh, anything with the civil rights movement? No. No? No. Um, Uh, Tangentially, yes. But uh, not my major concern. Um, What about Vietnam? Were you... um, Yeah, Vietnam bugged the hell out of us. You were protesting for it? Yeah, we went to... Washington for the mass demonstration there. And there was a bus. You know, they lined us up behind a barricade. And on Mm -hmm. one side was a wire. And on the other side were the buses. And the FBI guys were on their hands and knees looking out of the window with cameras. Oh. You know. And we all went, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. Stuck out your tongues to them. (laughs) So... um, uh, they didn't do anything with it. It was yeah. just intimidation. Just trying to intimidate yeah. you. Uh, and, you know, I was used to that yeah. a little bit. If, if I ever wasn't, I, I did very little outside. I went to organizations and spoke. Okay. So you know, instead of protesting on the streets, you yeah. were trying to talk to um, people. And I just didn't. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't your thing. I yeah. don't remember ever holding a sign. Not yeah. that I have anything against it. If uh-huh. they're doing, um, I read the papers now, you know, and I see those pictures. It's uh, the does my heart and, good yeah. to see the, the movements. But the problem well, I don't want to get into current news. You but, can. But one point only uh-huh. in that it won't hold okay. and it won't be effective yeah. because there's no leadership. Okay. The, what we had was the trade union movement yeah. who was supportive and they were at the head of the thing. But now... We've destroyed the, the trade the union unions. movement in, yeah. in in the United States by the sending away kind of food to be now. stuff to be manufactured off site. Yeah, I mean China has it. Uh, yeah, you know all of those other countries that uh, have a 
cheaper labor. Mm-hmm. And um, that, uh, that activity of outsourcing manufacturing has mitigated against our labor force getting any money. Yeah, getting an increase. In- of course, we don't, I mean, according to the data that I have looked at, um, the wages have not gone up a bit. They're stagnating. They're stagnated, yeah. yeah. Do you think the unions now are, because a lot of people complain that unions nowadays aren't doing what they were meant to it's set up. It's not that. It's yeah. just that the leadership is bad. Okay. See, in order for the, it's a very symbiotic kind of relationship. Okay. These social improvements mm-hmm. can happen, but you got to have somebody leadership. doing the leadership. There's okay. no leadership. It's all flaccid. It's all just people. Pro- you're saying there's protests, but you need someone at the forefront who's a figurehead. Yes, and- somebody with backbone. Okay. You know, in the days when we had, you know, these firebrands, mm-hmm. like, for example, I knew um very short time the guy who ran the subways the the TWU the transport workers union oh for the subways in new york city yeah ah. and golly he had a mouth as big <laughs> as the london the holland tunnel but he was a fighter ah. and he didn't give a shit what he said yeah you know and that's the way you have to be do you, i was going to say do you think now with the political climate now, do you see uh, a lot of people speaking? But do you, like what what do you see nowadays? Okay. That's the difference between you know maybe the '60s or the '70s yeah. when you were more politically involved. I think the I keep repeating myself, but I still think it's a critical question. Okay. I don't doubt. Do you know that I talk to strangers? Yeah, all the time. I haven't found one yet. Yeah, who was supportive of Trump? Uh huh. I'm still trying to find them. I must be in the wrong city. You are. New York City's very blue. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to my Uh, dad. He is. But you have to be in the hinterland somewhere with white men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Disenfranchised. Uneducated white men. Feel disenfranchised. uh, Who who dislike anything with a color. Ooh, not even pale yellow. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's a serious um, problem uh-huh. in in America because I find that people use the wrong adjectives to describe Mr. Trump. Okay. They say, "Oh, he's crazy." Yeah. No, he's not crazy. Two. He doesn't know what he's saying. Wrong. He does. He's emotional. Wrong. So I said, well, what is he? I said, he's merely exercising his understanding of government, which is autocratic, Uh, based on one man. Yeah. If they say something against that man, kill him. Yeah. In essence, that's what he's thinking. Top dog. He's, He's used to a business where he run it, he ran it, where it was like, what he says goes, and if they don't, you're fired. Right. They're out of there. In the paper today, guess what? I, what? Or yesterday's, what I read. That Rod Rosenstein Dean, yeah. looks like he may go. Uh-huh. Guy is a decent person. Yeah. He opened his mouth too wide. Uh, Gotta go. Yeah. Of course, he said it publicly. I think we should get rid of the president. Uh, you don't yeah. do that publicly. Yeah. I mean, it, and he was... 
he's the guy in charge of Mueller. Mm -hmm. Now, what's going to happen to Mueller? Well, there's enough that I, I think he could probably end it. Yeah. Without, I don't think he has much power to do much to uh, Trump beside what he already has. You think Mueller, if he had something, he would have already dropped uh, it? Yeah. yeah. He would have ended it. Yeah, he would have ended the presidency. But there are people mm -hmm. who, in the know, so to speak, who think they still have incriminating um, you know, evidence against, against Trump. Trump. I think he covered his steps yeah. rather well. Um, he was smart in that sense. What? He was smart yeah. in that sense. Now, I don't think he's smart, smart. Yes, yes. But he's devious. Ah. He, he likes himself so much. Mm -hmm. I met the man. You met Trump. I was working at the Academy, which is uh, 63rd and 5th, and the plaza is 59th or 60th. One day I had a, a problem with funding, and the fund manager said, I can't waste the time now. I said, all right, meet me at the plaza, and we'll have a drink. Well, uh -huh. not a drinker, but that's the expression. Yes. Um, and we'll have something to eat. And we'll discuss it then. I, I said, it's fine. I have nobody waiting for me. So I'm in the lobby standing, looking into the building. But I'm in the front in the lobby. Suddenly I hear a voice behind me say, are you staying in my hotel? <laughs> and I didn't know who it was at that point. And I'm very polite with a stranger whom yeah. I don't see. So I say, no, sir. And he says, and why not? I said, because I live in New York City. Well, you could come and stay for an evening. I shrugged my shoulder. Are you waiting for somebody? Yes, sir. Is this business or pleasure? I said, business, sir. Male or female? <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Um, and then I turn around, and then I know who it is. Yeah. I said, male. And it's business? Yes, sir. And then with this uh, sexy voice, he said, well, you know, a business can be changed to pleasure very quickly. Oh, God. Slimy. Uh -huh. Slimy. Yeah. And he walked away. Such a bad approach. I yeah. mean, I've been approached many times. But <laughs> like you said, you've known a lot of men in your life. Yes, yeah. I, I'll tell you why and how. Yeah, no, it's no secret. Um, and by that, then the phone rings. Ah. The whole phone. The and whole he phone, goes okay. to answer the phone and I escape. You got out. But that's, that's a perfect example of who this man is. Who, how he thinks of himself. He's sleazy. Yeah. You know. And, you know... If they can get him on anything, I'd love to get him on something that relates to his inability to keep his pants zipped up. <laughs> Is this yeah, I mean, there's that stuff going on with Kavanaugh now. Yeah. They're trying to figure out. It uh, might it might work, but I doubt it. You don't because think so? If you watched Kavanaugh, uh -huh. that's a sleaze. Yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah. To watch him circumvent every question. Yeah. You don't he, think that just makes him a good judge, knowing how to control slimy. his words? Yeah, oh, you think you so? Be. Of course, I can see. I watch him, his eyes. Uh -huh. You know, 
that's what I I, I watched his uh, the you know some of the Q and A's. Yeah. And uh, he didn't very few questions that he answered directly. Straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Ugh. You feel like you have a good. Um, what? You, do you feel like you have a good sense of people's character now when you meet them pretty quick off the bat? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm past um, getting passes, but uh, <laughs> um, it's not true. I have a fella. I'm 23 years older than him. And he's go he's still going for it, B. 101 years old. She's still I active. I, I, I say it to myself. I mean, he knows. He yeah. Knows. I mean, at this point, we're not a romantic couple yet. Yeah. Uh, but he's got some thoughts. He's got some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I, hate, I hate to tell him, but there's yeah. not much <laughs> likelihood. He wanted to move in. Uh huh. I said, I don't do that. Yeah. Independent. I You're said, on your own. Uh, yeah. Do your thing and get. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, because it wasn't original, you yeah. know, to say that, because many men say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I was, I was saying dealing with when, is there something that you've learned that helps you when dealing with people passing away? Because people listening would, um, from someone who has, has lived this long of a life, uh, a lot of them would, would probably guess you might have, after the, the second, third, or fourth time, figured out a way to, I know it never gets easier, but uh, something that you maybe do to help yourself get through it. Okay, now I'll tell you my secret. Okay. Karen, my daughter, um, died in February of 2010. Mm -hmm. What this little vignette that I'm going to tell you happened in the spring of that year. Okay. Maybe three months after her death. I wake up in the morning. I'm not an early riser, no. Uh, and in the back bedroom, I have a full-length mirror. Okay. And for some reason, I use it just to check my clothes. I, you know, yeah. I'm not that. I'm not got bat wings out here. Anyway, <laughs> so I went into the back bedroom. I used to call it Peter's bedroom, but Karen slept there at one time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I say, "You look like shit." That's exactly <laughs> right. I'm a lady with a good vocabulary, but I love to use it. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's the most fun. It's all, you know, cut through all exactly. the Exactly, all the BS, right? Yeah. And you get so much of it. Uh, anyway, and I start to walk out of the room, and I go back, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I say, so what the hell are you going to do about it? Well, I think maybe... I don't say you, I say I, I'm obvious, I'm, yeah. I'm rational. Um, I think you should wash your face, get dressed, and get the hell out of here. Okay. So I do part of that. I get dressed, washed, and decide to do what I do on a normal day. I didn't cry, I sometimes do, and I get that out of my system, and mm -hmm. I wash my face, and I come back to reality okay you know i do cry yeah you have to yes yes of course it's all locked in there and i don't want to leave it there 
yeah. you know, because it's painful. And I have a pacemaker. I've uh-huh. got to be careful. Yeah. So I come downstairs, and the first thing I do, I did it this morning, I opened the back door. Okay. Because there's the little garden back there. And yeah. That morning, the lilac tree was in bloom, and the aroma was fascinating. Okay. And I smelt it. Took a couple of deep breaths. Suddenly, I see a morning dove come and sit on a branch and tweeting away. You know, in my head, I said, hello. I live a lot in my head. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you about that, too. I didn't say it. I just thought thought it. it. And suddenly, his partner, because morning doves usually are in twos. That I knew. I feed birds. I'm a bird lady. And... They're tweeting away like crazy, and I feel the beginning of a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not aware of it yet, but I know that I'm beginning Coming. to smile. And after a sufficient amount of tweeting, the two of them leave, and I shout out loud, uh-huh. You never said goodbye. And I burst into laughter. <laughs> and then I'm aware of my laughter when just five minutes ago I was at the depths of grieving. Uh-huh. So I said, I'm, not, I'm a non-religious person. Yeah. So I said, I must be thinking of Karen. You know? uh-huh. And I'm laughing for her. Because mm-hmm. she would do the same thing. Yeah. So... I start walking into the kitchen, and this mantra keeps repeating itself in my head. It says, two doves in a lilac tree. Two doves in a lilac tree. I put down a plate or something, and I jump. I'm not a good jumper, and I clap my hand. I said, that's the title of the next book. Ah. So the title of the book... I have the front page done. I mean the cover. Uh, the, the artist gave me a copy. It says just what I said, two doves in a lilac tree. And the first story in the book mm-hmm. is what I just told you. And so I've been using okay. the mirror as my therapy. Okay. After my son died, I did, my daughter insisted, I went to a therapist, Uh and this is what he did. He gets two paper cups, and he gives me one, and he takes one, and I'm wondering what the hell's going on. And he says, let's imagine that we're at a cocktail party. I said, sir, I don't go to a cocktail party. I don't drink. Yeah. He says, well, make believe. I said, I'd rather not. (laughs) And I gave him the cup back, and I left. I never went back. Wow. (laughs) You know, because he was stupid. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he should have, you know, sort of prepared me for the stupidity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I went to several other. It's not my thing. Therapy. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I function rather well. uh, By using my mirror. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even give him a chance to do his. his exercise, His exercise, though. yeah. It, yeah. it could have changed your life, B. Oh, yeah. I don't want to change You don't want to change. It's changed enough. 
no. So, you know. So you use the mirror to talk to talk yourself through things. Yeah, I talk it out. Uh-huh. But lately, I've been talking in my head. And my head disturbed the concept is not bad because uh-huh. I write stories in first in my head yeah. and then on paper. Um, and decisions, um, you know work in my head first, but I live too much in my head, I think because I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I shout out loud just to hear a voice, uh-huh. and I'll say, it's enough, stop it. To tell and yourself I'm that. Telling yeah. myself. And if I talk to myself that way, I will stop. Uh. You know, but sometimes I tire, you know, if I'm standing for two, three hours doing something, watering my, I have a hundred plants indoors, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a chore, something in the house that requires concentration, you know, a minimal amount of concentration, um, I don't, I'm not conscious of thinking. Yeah. But if if I'm quiet, as I have to rest periodically if I'm doing physical work, and yeah. I do, you know, physical thing. Um, then I get annoyed with myself. Ah. Now I couldn't fall asleep last night. Okay. Now this is not new, mm-hmm. but it's something that is happening because I'm not physical. For the past week. For a reason I can't fathom, I have not gone out of the house. Okay. So I was thinking today, because tomorrow they say it's going to rain, and I don't want yeah. to go out in the rain. So I call this living in my head. It's not bad. You know, yeah. I don't have bad thoughts. Yes. I'm dealing with things that I want to say. Got it. Do you remember? Um, I mean, you've you've lived through uh, technology coming. About. Oh Have man, you... did I yeah. ever learn from that? You yeah. know what I saw? What the first IBM computer? Wow! I had a put. It was in Pittsburgh. Uh huh. I'm not. I think so. Yeah, Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I it can was check. West of what you had to do. Uh-huh. First of all, it was about twenty consoles. One. One computer. One computer. But 20 consoles. <laughs> in, the, in a room uh-huh. larger, twice as large as this. Yeah, and this room is like 20 feet long. And they were all around the outside uh. of the room. It was in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about it and didn't know what the hell they were talking about. So I took two other teachers. I was teaching at that time. Okay. And Because we had mentioned it in class or something. Yeah. And I took a bus. We took a bus and went uh-huh. out there. And I didn't understand what the blankety blank they were talking on. about, you yeah. know. But I had to put a coat on, uh-huh. and uh, it was cold. They kept the temperature down in that room. Yeah. And that was one computer. Those wow. consoles were necessary. I don't understand. I yeah, don't yeah. remember. But that was quite an experience. I also went to a blast furnace. Okay. You know. And that was also, um, it maybe it was West Virginia. I was curious about it. 
It seems like you've always been curious your entire yeah, my life. Whole life. Yeah. Do you think that's one of the things that's maybe kept you going and energized that's and alive? That's what someone else said to yeah. me. I mean, you have a necklace on that has a question mark right now. I feel like that's a good representation of uh, you as a person in, in many ways. Yeah. You're always questioning, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I can't allow anything to go unanswered. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, to me, a human being is, uh, uh, you know, to me, fascinating if I only knew what went on. I I was a woman. I used to have a dog. Mm -hmm. It was killed by accident when it was crossing the the road. Um, Questioning, always being curious. What? Always being curious. You have the question mark on your necklace. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, oh, this has got a story behind it. Go for it. Okay. Um, I, I have a collection uh-huh. of pendants okay. um, in silver. Uh-huh. I don't, as you can see, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I buy silver. The reason for it is, is that I used to go every year to Mexico to a spa. Uh-huh. Uh, for massage, I had some problems, but I should go now. Everybody says I can't go to Mexico to the one I want because yeah. I couldn't breathe. I I had trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the altitude was eight thousand feet. Oh, geez. And That's I can't high. go above five. Yeah. So anyway, the, the jewelry is all Mexican. Okay. And I used to go. To a town yeah, right there. that had some wonderfully different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started a collection of things okay. that are useful but are jewelry. Now, ah. what do you think this is? It's a question mark. And it's telling you to always be curious and to always ask questions. That's very good, but yeah. it's, it can... Yes, it could serve a purpose, but let me tell you what it is. Oh, can we can put, put it, it down? down? Yeah, put it down for a second. It's a what pill case. It? It's a pill case. Wow! It's a, so so so. It's reminding you to always ask questions, and then also you take your pills out of it. You're right. So what I do? Uh huh. It's not fair to you, but. What I do, I usually wear this uh-huh. if I know I'm going to be among strangers ah. because it's a good talking point. It is. It's an amazing talking point. <laughs> That's great. And it's a perfect... Uh, I actually... I'm going to go get my phone because we have some questions from listeners that okay, I want to ask you. Give me one second. Um, we had uh, uh, the Josh official. He says, what's a one piece of advice you want to tell someone living in this time of uncertainty? Good question. Most important uh-huh. is to be alert, read the paper, yeah. vote, and be a part of unseating people who don't deserve your vote anymore. Uh-huh. It's I think that we need, especially people in their thirties, you know, or around you know younger folks. Yeah. Who have a future. You know, those of us, you know, I can't do it anymore. I do vote. And my friend around the corner whom I 
oh, I got so pissed off with She came here for another purpose, mm-hmm. and she said, I didn't vote. I said, why? Yeah. I said, you're going to give me an excuse? I'm 101, and I walked all the way yeah. and back and spent some time with the people, yeah. you know? And one woman comes out. I told everybody you'd make it. <laughs> Is there something you think in your diet that's been able to keep you so well? Spry, I think or? partially you're right. Let uh-huh. me explain. My mom became an amateur nutritionist. Okay. Read books, took mm-hmm. some courses. You know, yeah. she was a smart lady, and unfortunately, she had me. Um, and maybe she used to call it the rainbow plate. Okay. With a the least important was the meat or the chicken, you know, or the fish. Chicken or fish is what I lived with. Um, the rainbow plate meant that you had to have vegetables that were either orange or green or white, okay. preferably all of them. Ah. Now, I think part of this arose not for any nutritional point of view, but a financial one. Because easy protein is the more mm-hmm. expensive. It's meat, okay. fish, yeah. chicken, so on. However, if you really study it, there are vegetables and other items are high in protein. Yeah. So beans are protein. Beans, yeah, legumes. Right. I mean, I sometimes violate every concept <laughs> my mother's. And I make frankfurters and beans. Really? I love it. It sounds great. <laughs> well, part of it is, is you got to enjoy what you're eating, right? Yeah. Um, the problem is it's hard at this age to enjoy it because the taste buds are gone. Ah. It's the only ones that remain uh-huh. sweet. So I have to end, not even breakfast, have to end a meal with something sweet. I don't overdo it. But I eat crackers. Okay. I eat cookies. You know, one yeah. I assign. I mean, somebody once was here with me for lunch. They said, "How do you stop at one?" I said, "That's in my head." Ah, it's self-control. Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. I just put the package away or the tin, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I said I control what I. Yeah, I never thought of that. So you Words. do a lot of self-talk. You do you you. Do you, you use a lot of self-talk to keep you yeah. uh, disciplined and also yes. probably positive about life and to keep going? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I have a friend, I would probably prefer to her before, uh, uh-huh. Eleanor. Um, she married late and made a big mistake. She married a drunk, and she tried to join him, and it was a bad yeah. scene, and he died. Okay. So now she just worried about her knees. The doctor said, have those knees replaced. She has lost all the cartridge. (laughs) Cartilage. Cartilage, yeah. (laughs) In her legs because of delay. Okay. She was supposed to have the surgery done in August. Mm -hmm. She calls, I called her for something, and she says, wait, let me talk. And she says, I postponed it. Uh Now, I know why she did. Yeah. Yeah. This woman has a fear of death. Okay. And I 
talk to her about it without saying that I know or feel yeah. what her attitude is. She's a biologist. Okay. I mean, or was. She doesn't admit to it, but that's what her degree is. I said to myself a long time ago mm-hmm. that nobody should fear death. You don't fear death? No. No. Because if you're a living organism, yeah. as anything is that grows. We all are, yeah. You, it dies you eventually. Have to. Yeah. So there's no thing as eternal life. And since I'm a non-religious person, yeah. of course I can't dig this nonsense about, yeah. I have to tell you a quick short story uh-huh. of how I got somebody really upset. I shouldn't do it, but I did this one. Uh-huh. Um, it just felt good. Um, I was coming up the stairs of my subway station. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, my subway station. And a woman was in front of me, and she was limping. Okay. So I, I had a cane. I mm-hmm. use a cane outdoors. Um, I said to her, you're like my arm. Yeah. She said, no, it's not bad. I just had something done. Mm-hmm. So I wait at the top of the stairs thinking she may need a lift or something. Yeah. So I'm up at the top of the stairs, and she takes her two hands like this uh-huh. and says, God bless you. Touches your face and says, yeah. So I, everybody says I get tired of saying yeah. something, but this time I was in a good mood. Oh, God. So I said, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> So she goes. She points up. Yeah. I said, "You ever been in an airplane?" <laughs> she says, "Yeah." I said, "Do you know how high they fly?" No. I said, "Let's say." Thirty-five thousand feet. Yeah. Right. You know. I said twenty thousand. Yeah. So I says, "What would happen if somebody broke a window?" Oh. She said, we'd be blown out. Uh-huh. Yeah. What else? And we couldn't breathe. We would die. Yeah. Why? Because there's no oxygen up there. Okay. Yeah. So I smile. Have a nice day. And I leave. Uh-huh. And she's standing like this. Worried. Because she yeah. has no answer. How's her God going to live? Yeah, if there's no. So you're messing with her. And I yeah. walked away. I mean, when I told it to somebody, she says, that wasn't nice. <laughs> I said, sure, it wasn't nice. But I was right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I in had, her mind, God prove, is... I had to show to her the reality of the mm-hmm. world, not what some child well, abuser tells her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in her idea of, you know... God isn't human, so he'd be able to survive without oxygen. Oh, he's but not human. I she guess, thought yeah. he was. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, there's all these and different ideas And I said, maybe them. it's a woman. So you lived at the end of, you were born at the end of World War One, and you lived through the Great Depression, World War Two, Korea, oh, Vietnam, boy. all those events. Have you noticed any patterns in human behavior that uh, are repeating, that repeat? This comes from uh, In behavior. Jim. Yeah. In reference to the the differences of the economic system or what? I I think just 
how how humans are in general maybe whether it is with the, with the oh, wars that's yeah that's an interesting question is there anything that through your life you've been you've noticed more and more i mean you talk about it being cyclical is there anything about well it, but isn't it a a difficult thing because of the people that you bounce off you know uh-huh oh, difference okay I'm putting some provisos in there. Uh-huh. Um, I think that in America, that's all I am judging for the moment. Yeah. That the divisiveness that Trump has aggravated. Mm-hmm has existed for a long time. Yes. It was not blatantly obvious. Uh-huh. It's covered up with social factors. Yeah. People putting on a facade or or it, it being um uh under underneath the surface. Um I think generally, generally, that the American electorate, mm-hmm. dependent on regions, have to say that, is well informed. Yeah. On the other hand, I am distressed by the overutilization of electronic devices. Okay. Especially the young people, the kids. Yeah. France just outlawed any form of, you know, um, iPhone or yeah. tablet or something. Outlawed them in the classroom. Hooray! Wow. Yeah. Right? I discover since I use public transportation mm-hmm. and I've been making a survey when I get onto the subway I'm the only one holding a paper yeah a newspaper or a magazine but paper reading everybody is hooked now I have an iPhone for and my then- own purposes mm-hmm. I'm specific like you say controlled I'm specific about its use uh-huh. It's a phone to me. Yeah. Today at breakfast, I got an imaginary slap in the face. Ah. An article in the Times bothered me. Okay. It dealt, it's dealing, I have to do it. It, it requires me to get a soundtrack, which accompanies the spread. I can't understand it unless I use sound. Okay. I'm fighting it. Yeah. Because it's making me go to my iPhone. And you don't want to be on it. I don't want to be on it. Now, I'm not the, the, the population that you know, I'm concerned about the older yeah. people. They can sit and watch the stupid thing. I mean, I don't watch television. Yeah. I watch it a maybe an hour, mm-hmm. and I only watch channel one or okay. thirteen. That's it. That's it. 
uh, Carlos, uh, I called him last night to find out how he feels, and he says, so-so. And he says, I'm watching an interesting program. I says, yeah, what channel? He didn't know his son was sitting there, so yeah, yeah. it was 11. Yuck, I said, why do you watch that junk for? So anyway, we never finished the comment. He said he felt better. Okay. Now, I don't have to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important to my friend Eleanor wakes up in the morning, turns the damn thing on? Yeah. It's on all day, and I heard that other people do the same thing. Yeah. I don't have one on this floor. Mm-hmm. So you would say people maybe turn off the electronics and, and allow yourself to think more. That and, would be nice. And ponder. But you, you asked the question that I was not answering. Uh, just about hu- human, like if you had noticed any uh, repetition in human behavior. Uh, human okay, so that or, would yeah. be one of, I think, a major thing. That, it wasn't, it's not bad enough. To, uh, I go on the E the E or the F, mostly the F, yeah. and they have just seats running, the, you know, uh-huh. a long, long way, and I count everyone on their quietly phone. Yeah. to my head. Of the six or seven people sitting ahead, mm-hmm. six are looking at their phones, yeah. and the other one is sleeping. Yeah. Now, I'm not concerned about the adults as much as I am with the children. I saw a three-year-old maybe he was four, Mm -hmm. while his mother is pushing the carriage. She's got one out, and the kid's got one. Yeah. Now, in France, they took the first stop, a step to limit it. You have no idea what this is doing to the ability of young people to learn to read and write if they allow them to use that phone all the time. But you don't think they could be reading on the I'm phone? I'm sorry? You don't think they could be reading on the phone and learning They're playing to... games. Yes. Yeah. okay. What? So what? Yeah. Read a book. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and, you know, we're losing books. We're losing, not books... Uh, the to- the um, channel one's doing a no channel thirteen. I don't know which one. I confuse them. Is yeah. doing a very interesting thing. I don't know if you know. They call it the Great Read. Okay. And what they're doing, they took one hundred books, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a contest. You can vote as many times as you want mm-hmm. for the most read book in America. In, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't bother. That's for younger people. Anyway, as I tell everybody, I do not play games of any kind. I live in the real world. Ah. I never play. I don't play. You don't distract yourself. What? You don't distract yourself. No. 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 I'd rather do nothing. Okay. You know, but I never play games. But my children, Uh my husband and I were very similar in that respect. He said he couldn't watch sports anymore once he got to past the days when he was a participant. Mm-hmm. He was a track runner. Um, I said, why do I have to play at something? 
you know i don't understand yeah. i don't understand the pleasure that people get you know it's true if i'm reading a novel it's a make believe but it's somebody's ideas you know it's a life story that's the only kind i'm interested in that i find acceptable um I don't know why people have to, you're right, have to be distracted. Yeah. It's because the realities that they have to face are not too pleasant, uh -huh. I would assume, yeah. that they're trying to escape a little bit. That's why they call it escapism. Escapism. Do you think all the times you lived through the Depression, World War II, Vietnam, uh, made you hardier as a person and it allowed you to deal with hardship uh, in a better way? Because you would live through so much? Cause you, you... I don't know. I never thought uh -huh. of dealing with uh, hardship. Because you were 13 during the Great Depression. You know? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what happened to me uh -huh. because of no money. What? I lost all of my teeth. Really? I wear two dentures. Wow. Um. How did that happen? It was too expensive mm -hmm. to go to a dentist okay. and have cavities filled. Yeah. If the cavity got so painful, they just pulled the tooth. Wow. I lost most of the teeth during that period. The Great Depression. Yeah. I almost died mm -hmm. when I had my tonsils out. Jeez. I... Um, had my tonsils removed and walked home. Walked home? Jeez, how old were you? Young, yeah, I had them taken out, yeah. Well, at least when I had my appendix removed when yeah. I was about six, that my father was still around. Yeah. But when I had the tonsils out, I was seeing some guy, mm -hmm. I can picture him, but I can't remember his name, George, maybe. Yeah, big, big guy. And he came to pay a sick call, you know, yeah. and I'm bleeding. Uh-huh. Because I'm not, my mother comes in and said, I told you to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to walk back with my mother and George. Jeez, we no. went to the, dent, to the doctor and he swabbed the throat. Uh-huh. Shut up. Don't talk. You can't talk because you just got your tonsils removed. Jeez. So the, I'm, you know, very cognizant of uh -huh. uh, the lack of funds. Um, we ate okay, but um, yeah, my mother was a careful part buyer. Do you remember waiting in bread lines or anything? Yeah. Yeah. No, not that bad. Okay. Yeah. My uncle, you know, did provide some that's okay. my mother's brother yeah um right want to hear something really yeah. weird and i hope i stopped it my grandmother died at 46 or 48 uh -huh. due to an overturned gas heater ah she was asphyxiated jeez Her, my mother died mm -hmm. by falling down a flight of stairs oh my god her brother died, yeah, at yeah. Grand, 
so far. That's the third one. How did her brother die? He uh, owned a trucking company, uh -huh. and on Sundays he would go in in the winter to make yeah. sure to turn over the trucks because they yeah. would uh, pass out for Monday. Uh -huh. And the door, I have one, a small door, yeah. was blown shut by the wind. Okay. And the exhaust killed him. Oh, jeez. So uh, it stops with me. Yeah. Not only that, but here I am at 101. 101. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. The other day I was putting, I don't know, combing my hair or something. And I said, Que pasa aquí? You know, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I mean, yeah. uh, is there anything you don't like about being this old? Is there anything? Uh, no, I just think it's weird. No, Carlos and I have a deal. Uh -huh. If I live to 105, yeah. but he thinks he's going to increase it, uh -huh. you know, make it older, because he says, I'm doing too well. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll underwrite us going to Paris. Uh, and okay. I've been, I had a house in Paris, in France. Really? Yeah, for two summers, I rented. Um, summer houses mm -hmm. once up north with a female friend and once down south with a male friend mm -hmm. he was uh, a professor of languages and his French was beautiful you know amazing and um, but he was goopy uh, but anyway he went senile and uh-huh uh, yeah. um, I, uh, I was thinking about him in my head yeah. The other day, I said I should call his son. I was pretty close to the family, mm -hmm. yeah, because um, he was more serious rather than. We never did anything other than very intellectual. Yeah. Intel know? Intellectual <laughs> debates. Yeah. I had the guy, one of the last men I was seeing, uh -huh. such a nice guy. I got his picture downstairs. Yeah. He lived in, lived in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and he, we come back from uh, a concert tour. Um, you know, we went to Berlin, and um, forgot the famous one, and then to Austria, to um, Vienna, nice opera house there. Anyway. We're standing at JFK, because he never took me home, because it's late at night. He usually took, we went and got two cabs. He took one in Brooklyn, and I took one here. And he says something so strange to me. He says, I don't think we'll travel much more. Interesting. Um, he said, but we'll talk on the phone. Yeah. And we left, you know. I mean, he, we went to get the cabs. Yeah. About a month later, maybe less, I get a telephone call from a woman mm -hmm. who was the wife of Alan, that's my friend's name, yeah. Alan's friend. Okay. Uh, he was a dentist. And uh, she tells me Alan is dead. Wow. I said, what are you talking about? I was out with him. She says, I know. She said no one was with him, but he had bladder cancer. Oh. So he knew he was dying. He knew dying. he was dying. 
and he wanted to save me because he knew my history with illnesses. Yeah, and you've dealt with a lot of death. Just, yeah. yeah. He was a single guy, never mm -hmm. married, was the only child of a very interesting couple. His mother was a pharmacist. Uh -huh. Forgot what his father was, something interesting. And he was an attorney for the dis and not disenchanted, the people who couldn't afford it, and he got people out of jail. You know, he was a good guy. Yeah. Um, I never knew that there were two lawyer associations, the ABA and the NBA, uh -huh. not the National Basketball Association. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because once he invited me to a party sponsored by the second uh, lawyers group, which was a left-wing thing, mm -hmm. which he was, he accosted me on a trip once, and that's how I met him. Uh. <laughs> you know, very nice man, really. Gentle, kind, you know. But, you know, foolish, yeah. in a sense. But I think he just couldn't stand the people hanging over him, you know what I mean? Yeah, he didn't want people to, to be on him when he was dying. Yeah, right. Yeah. This way he was by himself and he just died. Um, the, la the last question we had was that, uh, you people have probably asked you this, but is there any advice you would give um, a younger yourself, 30 years old, or if there are different points in your life that you could go back and say anything different than how you've done it now? Well, I... I wish I was more knowledgeable than I am. Mm -hmm. Even. Yeah, yeah. I I always feel that I don't know enough mm -hmm. of things. Always I mean, curious. <laughs> always curious. Um, that yeah. Um, the you know I've been accused of. I don't consider it an insult uh, <clears throat> of being an intellectual. Mm -hmm. I said, when somebody faced me with that, I said, that's not a sinful occupation. Yeah. It's an attitude towards learning. Yeah. And it's a feeling that, at least I do, that the world has so many facets to it, and of mm -hmm. course I can't cover them all, but isn't the idea fascinating that there's so much stuff out there? I'm, I'm tangentially interested in photography, but I don't study it, you know? Yeah. Um, I wish I could go back and play the piano the way I did t t five years ago. I've lost yeah. the touch. Uh -huh. um, I try by practicing scales and see if I can get my fingers away. Mm -hmm. But I love to sketch. I'm no good at it. But you still but do it. No. I'll take you downstairs and show you. You know, all of these things have stories. Yeah. That, so, yeah, so there's, you cannot be a one-track person. Okay. I think that's a menace. Yeah. You can't live 
a full life if you're not going to have a full life. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a so so I have a I mean it seems like you've had that here even even the stuff in your apartment it's very varied and eclectic it's from all all over oh, no. you and so your life and I think maybe just from listening to you and and how you talk about things maybe one of the reasons why you've you've lived so long and and still are you know up and about and movement at 101 is that you've always been curious about things and always wanted to know more and used that self-talk and been positive about things and you know talk to yourself in the mirror but been like what else can i learn i still need to learn more you're still here because you're like there's more i can learn you're not finished yeah you're not being a one-track person and also not to yeah also not to harbor fear of death i think that takes away energy that's one thing and the second Mm -hmm. thing that i tell everybody because when they say to me what's your secret yeah i said never worry okay so they say why i says you can think about something be concerned but worry is wasted energy. energy course you're not going to do anything i once stopped a friend and i said you look so sad what's the matter i'm so worried what are you worried about my son-in-law what what can you do about it nothing so i said so why are you worrying Mm -hmm. you only are concerned like i say things that come across my desk have various categories they're things that I have to take care of immediately. They're things I want to read, and yeah. I'll do that later. And stuff that has no interest, I'm throwing them out. Okay. Things that interest you, and just don't worry. No worry. Oh, what a waste. Yeah. When she she's worried about her son-in-law, about some vague problem that he has, that mm-hmm. she can't do anything about. So ditch it. Ditch it. I want to tell you about that drawing. Okay. This is part of one of the projects that I instituted Uh at the Academy. I haven't mentioned it here. No. It's called The Art of Science. Okay. And I did that throughout the whole United States. Mm -hmm. I sent out a prospectus to the schools Mm -hmm in major cities, essentially, and a smattering of second level. Yeah. And the objective was to take a scientific subject and express it in art, but only flat. Okay. I could not deal with sculpture because I didn't have the space. Okay. And I held, um, what do you call them? I hung them in the academy. Okay. We had one room that was a conference room. I took all the chairs out, mm-hmm. and I hung them, had a professional person wow. hang the pieces. And um, we had a contest. This is one of the winners. Fantastic. And if you went close, you uh-huh. might be able to get a hint okay. as to what scientific concept it it's represents. About. But it was fascinating. fascinating. And I, oh, we had such a good time. I mean, the science people yeah. are looking the way students, it was the same thing, juniors mm-hmm. in high school, secondary school. And 
how I got this, mm -hmm. not because it was a winner, mm -hmm. but the woman, the young girl who did it, I think she was from St. Louis, one of those, I think. Yeah. Um, she, um, it was so successful as a winner. Yeah. What she did was she printed lots of them. Ah. And she sold them. Interesting. And she did very well. She actually is was became a professional artist. That's amazing. Yeah. And so you I'll encourage that. So I'll tell you because it's too much trouble to yeah. figure it out. It's evolution. Oh. And at the top, you see human skulls. Oh, yeah. And down below, it's bacteria. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It you is never beautiful. Know it. All in black and white. That's a beautiful. So the reason I got that, it was hanging in the CEO's office, uh -huh. and he went skiing, and he died. <laughs> <laughs> he fell, and oh he God. died. And <laughs> his secretary said, I think he would have wanted you to have it. And so you said, I took it. Let me get it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's, Great. it's a neat idea. It's and perfect. This is from Istanbul. Mm -hmm. This is a rug okay. that I had bought there. And I had somebody frame it for me. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, B. Yeah. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? Haven't you? Haven't you?